Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Hey guys, it's Renee here. Welcome to another episode of Parenthood Friday. We are up to episode 96. I'm thinking about what to do for episode 100. If you've got any ideas, hit me up. I'd love to know because we're nearly there, which is super exciting. All right. Okay. I've got another one of these really easy peasy. uh, I don't know if I want to call it a trick because it's not really a trick, but I want to give you an easy peasy strategy today that I tell you, guys, it works like magic. You, you're you going to have to hold on to the end for me to reveal the whole thing because I want to talk about a few other things leading up to it. But I'm telling you, this little strategy, and it's to do with traveling in the car with kids, is so flipping easy and so it works so well, you are going to be thanking me again, <laughs> uh, which you guys already do, which I love. You guys coming back and listening is your biggest thanks to me. So, and of course, like I say, please share, 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 share the podcast. I love that. And, um, and, and written reviews always welcome. Okay. So let's talk traveling in the car. Now I'm, I'm going to try and hit up like, this is something for kind of all ages. Cause I tell you what, before you know it, guys, your kids are going to be on their L's learning to drive and then have their P's and then buy a car. And they're going to be off and driving their own car before you know it. And let me tell you, once you get over the initial, oh my Lord, my kid is just driving off in their car. Once you're over that, it's like amazing. (laughs) I love that my oldest two drive. It just makes my life so easy. Anyway, let's, let's rewind back to when, um, back to when Georgia was little, she was just the most perfect little angel. Honestly, I mean, she was just the sweetest, easiest little pumpkin. She, she was so dang cute. She had these cute little blonde hair. I think she's just outside the door coughing then. Cute blonde hair, brown eyes, sweet as pie, dreamy, dreamy eyes, just such an easy kid. So when it came to car travel, she was super duper easy. Like she would sit there content because I'd often move my mirror down so I could see her and she would either just look out the window or she would sing. Like I'd often put on her favorite songs, which I think (laughs) at the time she loved Kylie Minogue's song, I just can't get you out of my head. The only part of it that she knew was the word head. I mean, I mean, she must have been like 18 months at this stage, but she couldn't say head. She said eight. So she would sing, I just can't get you out of my eight. Anyway, cute. She was so cute. Um, so she would just clap away and sing, look out the window, just so placid, awesome, easy car traveler. If you've got one of those, amazing. And then Liam came along. And he was not so great in the car. He did not like being in the car. He would arch his back when I'd put him in his car seat. I remember one time, I will never forget this. This has burned into my memory, burned into my brain. But we, I was driving home by myself with him. I was on like a semi-main road for Adelaide. It was a main road. Sorry, guys, if you're in Adelaide, for me calling it a semi-main road, it wouldn't be a main road here in Queensland, but in Adelaide it was. And uh, next minute, the kid had opened the car door 
And you might wonder why I didn't have the safety lock on. Okay, this was 18 years ago and Georgia never needed it. And I just never had put a child lock on my car door. Um, Lucky I was in the left lane because I'm looking back and he clearly was strapped into his car seat. So he was safe, but the door was open and I was so mad with him. But lucky I was in the left lane. So I quickly pulled over, shut the door. Needless to say, I also activated the child lock that day. Now, of course, once you've got two kids in the back seat of a car, and these days they're so crammed because like you guys have to have your kids in car seats till they're about 25. No, not 25, seven. (laughs) They're like man children sitting in these car seats. So it's really easy now for them to fight and hit each other and throw things. And, you know, my kids used to do that too, except I had this trick up my sleeve, which I'm going to share with you in a moment. Okay. The issue with car travel is this, your child works out really quickly that you are clearly distracted driving to do much about what happens back there. Like, come on, let's admit it. We've all done the whole one hand on the wheel, eyes on the road with our left hand somewhere trying to find our kid's leg in the back seat so you can give it a slap to try and stop them from whatever it is that they're doing. No doubt we've all done that. Um, But we really do need to deal with their behavior and to know how to deal with their behavior in a car for two reasons. The first reason clearly is safety. I mean, how many car accidents or potential car accidents must happen because people are distracted by, you know, the behavior going on in the back seat? I know a friend of mine, someone ran up the back of her a few months ago and it turned out to be someone from our church that we knew. And he he was like, I'm so sorry, but I just turned around for one second to look at my child in the back seat. It happens, you know, so really we need to get a hold on what's going on in the back seat for safety. But also the second reason is we need to deal with misbehavior in the car the same as we would at home, because yet again, this is another opportunity for moral training, obedience training and heart shaping. Okay. And you know, I'm all about that. So they're my two main reasons we need to deal with behavior in the car. So what were my approaches. Let me share a couple of things. The first thing, of course, is always to try and prevent that behavior in the first place. And often kids just act up because they're bored. So let me talk to you about some of the things I used to do to help my kids not be bored in the car. Firstly, it is awesome for our kids to learn to entertain themselves while sitting in a car seat. Because I think we're in an age where our kids are just so overstimulated and over-entertained and we're trying to schedule them with learning opportunities every two seconds of their life. You know what? It's really good for them. Like, do you, I love getting into the car and just having a moment, a quiet moment, or I listen to a podcast. It's just time to like not think Um, and just to chill. And it's the same for our kids. It's a really good opportunity for them just to be calm, you know, entertain themselves. Um, So can I suggest one thing? Please hear me out of love. And if I had kids that were little now, I promise you I would do this. Stop handing them your iPhone or your iPad in the car. Maybe even have a rule that there's no iPad 
no phones, no digital stuff in the car to entertain them because we are actually not doing our kids any favors by constantly handing them a screen to entertain them. Now, I will do a whole podcast on why this is so, but just take it from me for now. It is much healthier for them to, you know, entertain themselves, to play and not be entertained by a screen all of the time. So what are some things that you can do? Well, when it came to movies, we did let them have movies, but we only saved it as a treat for a long trip. And I used to have one of those like DVD players that you could strap to the back of the car seat. So that's kind of what my kids would have on a long trip, but that was an exception. It wasn't a rule. They did not have a movie every time they hopped into a car. So what did I do instead? Well, get some good music that your kids love. I used to put a lot of music on, not just music that I liked, but kids music. They will love it. And I'm telling you, it's for a short season. So if you play a song over and over and it's driving you mad, I promise you, this too shall pass. And so we used to do a lot of singing in the car. Another thing it's really good for them to do is play those audio stories, audible stories, uh, just short stories, you know, whatever it is they love or a fairy tale, whatever it is, because it's really good. Take it from me as a teacher. It's actually a great pre-reading skill for them to learn to listen to a story. So when I taught prep and I taught my kids, kids to, I was teaching the kids to read. One of the stations that I had was they would put on headphones and they would just audibly listen to a story because it's a pre-reading skill. So pop a story on in the car that they can listen to. And they're so good now that they're actually really fun to listen to. Sometimes I would play a game with my kids. In fact, often I would do this. It would drive me crazy, but they loved it. We would often play I Spy. If they don't know the alphabet, use your colors. I Spy with my little eye, something that's green, you know, something that's yellow. Use their colors. And then other times we had no music, no games, no nothing. I would just actually say to them, look out the window. As they got older, they didn't like that so much. But when they're little, they love it. They just are happy looking out the window and that's good for them. Now, I, as you probably have picked up by now, I'm a bit OCD, super organized. Um, So I was super organized when it came to the car as well. And I had a special toy holder. I remember, I think I used to buy them at Target. You can probably get amazing ones online, but you can get special car toy holders and they strap to the back of the driver's seat or the passenger's seat. So so if you can imagine that, so it straps to the back of your seat. And so for your child, it's like right in front of them within reaching distance. And what I did is I put um, special car only items. So I'd put special things in that they could play with just for a car trip and I wouldn't let them take it out. So they're not like in, you know, an all the time play thing. So it was a bit special. So there were books in there and I would kind of rotate what books I'd put in there. I had sticker books because Georgia used to love sticker books. Um, and then I'd put a few toys in there, but not not toys with lots of little pieces. That would drive me crazy. Um, and also I would put some educational toys in there. Like um, back then my kids loved Leapfrog. The other thing too, my, my kids used to have, I used to go to, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. Howard, Howard Storage. I used to go, okay. I, this is this one's for free, guys. I used to go to Howard Storage and pick up the small fishel, fishel, fishing tackle boxes, and I would use those as 
like toy boxes. This is as my kids got a bit older because they've got lots of compartments in them. And so Georgia used to have these tiny little Polly Pocket dolls that were really little and they had all these little accessories and she would organize them all in this little fishing tackle box. And she would bring that with her into the car, but she was a bit older. So it wasn't like pieces went everywhere. You're either like nodding right now, like Renee is a genius, or you are laughing at me. I don't know which one it might be. Anyway, let's move on to food. Okay. So, so first, first lot was a few ideas so that they don't get bored to start with, to try and keep their behavior good to start with. Now let's talk food. I personally cannot stand food sticking in the crevice of car seats or my car seats. I know some people give their kids anything that they want to eat just to keep them quiet. But I, again, I just don't think that that's a good strategy. That's almost kind of like bluffing them, bribing them to be good in the car by giving them food that you have to clean up later. And I didn't want to have to clean stuff up later. So, you know, I had someone tell me, oh guys, this is a true story. Just the other day, um, someone told me there was a little girl in the back of her parents' car and she was squeezing tomatoes on the window and on her brother's face and she thought it was hilarious. All I can say to that is, nope, that would never happen on my watch. That is so not okay. So I only allowed minimal kind of food in the car and I tried to choose, well, I didn't try, I did choose non-messy food. Um, you know, I, and I also didn't give them an endless assortment of food to keep them quiet because that's just, that's just like bribing again. That's like, please be quiet. Please be quiet. Here's something else. Shove it in your mouth, shove it in your mouth. So I tried not to do that unless I know sometimes you guys these days might be on the phone doing work from your car and you're trying to keep your child quiet. In that case, I probably would be like, have this, have that lollipop, suck on that for about 15 minutes. Um, but in general, I didn't use food to keep them quiet. And if they ever, ever threw food in the car, then that was it. I would take it away and I'd be like, nope, you're not getting food next trip until you can show me, you know, and then slowly introduce it. And if you don't throw it, then you can keep it in the car because food is, um, you know, that kind of behavior should have a consequence and not be rewarded. Okay. Nearly there onto this magical strategy that you are going to go, What? So let's talk about misbehavior in the car. So, firstly, your child needs to know that poor behavior in the car will be dealt with because that's why sometimes they play up because they're like, Oh, mum and dad are distracted. Like they're driving. You know, I know a lot of times when, um, when a mum has a newborn, the toddler will play up because they kind of work out on oh, mum's feeding. And so she's not going to come and, you know, deal with me so I can get away with it. So they need to know that they're not going to get away with anything just because you're driving. So what do we do? If you can, and it, you only need to do this a couple of times for them to realize, if you can pull the car over, I have done that on a few occasions now, own, of course, only do it if it, it's really safe for you to do so. Like a freeway, not such a good idea. I would not pull pull over in a freeway. I would, however, get off at the next exit and go to a petrol station, but don't pull over unless it's safe. But pulling over and dealing with poor car behavior lets your child know, I'm serious, this is unacceptable, and you're not going to get away with it just because I'm driving. Mum or dad will stop and deal, okay? 
Now, it's important that we do this, by the way, because you want to, you want your kids to be a pleasure for aunties and uncles. You want your kids to be a pleasure in the car for grandparents, for friends who might take them. You know, no one wants to take a child in their car that's like really badly behaved. So, you know, we're doing everyone a favor here. All right. So here we go. What is the best car behavior management strategy ever? Now, this is only going to work if you have established first time obedience. You hear me rave on about this all the time. Go back to my first three podcasts, but just for a quick recap, this is when they learn to obey you fully, immediately, without question and without complaint. Now, when I tell people my behavior management car strategy, if they've not established first time obedience with their child, they literally look at me like I'm crazy, like there is no way that strategy would work with my child. So this will only work if they've learned first time obedience and if they've learned to obey you, your voice, your word. So it really is a pretty good test of how your parenting's going when it comes to that. All right, I feel like I need a drum roll. I've got a drum kit in my house now, guys. Can you believe that? My 18-year-old just bought a drum kit. Pray for me. Okay, here we go. If there is poor car behavior going on, then this is kind of like a timeout in the car. This is what you do. You're going to laugh, but I promise you it's like magic. You tell them to sit on their hands for the number of minutes that match their age. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? I promise you. So if they're four, they just sit on both their hands. Like I'm doing it right now. I'm just sliding both my hands, palms down underneath my bottom. Try it. It doesn't hurt, right? It's not like bad or harmful or anything. It just, it just reminds them I've got to control myself. So if they're four, say, right, will you sit on your hand for four minutes? If they're eight, it's eight minutes. Guys, I promise you it works. It actually works like magic, but only if they've learned to obey your word. What happens if they take their hands away? And we've all got clocks in our car, so it's really easy to measure it. If they take their hands away before time's up and you've told them to, then um, the clock starts again. And it's a bit like the behavior management stuff, like you need to sit on your hands because you did da 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 and I will tell you when you can get off them. Then when the four minutes or five minutes is over, I would say, now tell me why you're sitting on your hands, so get them to own their behavior, and then I want to hear a sorry mum, sorry mum, okay, now I expect blah, blah, blah. So it's very similar to your first time behavior strategies at home, okay? I'm telling you, sometimes Cameron and I would literally both be in the car stifling our laughter, looking at one another because we had three kids sitting in the back seat, all sitting on their hands. And we literally would laugh like we cannot believe that this works, but it does. It literally stops whatever's going on, whatever bad behavior is happening. It stops it. Okay. So you might ask me, okay, from what age can I do this? Well, that's really up to you because as soon as they've learned first time obedience, as soon as they've learned that you expect them to obey your word, the quicker that this strategy will work. So really it's up to you. Um, Now, if they won't stay on their hands, if you try this and they won't stay on their hands, then you know that you've got some more work to do at home when it comes to obedience, first time obedience, because 
it's clearly something that you can't really enforce when you're in a car because it's just not safe to. So if it's not working, then you know that you've got some work to do at home around obedience. And like I said, for me, this is much a safety issue as a moral heart shaping issue, because if you and I are not distracted drivers, then we are far safer drivers for us, for our family and for everyone else on the road. You know, I told you about how George's car was written off um, probably about a month and a half ago. She was in her little, thank goodness, strong but little polo, good little German car. But the woman driving was in a huge Kia Carnival. Now, Georgia had been waiting for about a minute on the road to turn right into a side street. So it's not like Georgia suddenly stopped and this woman slammed up the back. Georgia had been sitting there for a minute. So this woman was coming up the road, clearly should have seen Georgia, but she swears black and blue. She did not see Georgia. And so she ran straight up the back of her. There was no screeching tire tire sound. There were no tire marks from braking on the ground. She did not even touch the brake. She ran up the back of her going full bore at 60 Ks. Now she had five kids in the car. And so she won't admit what happened, but, um, you know, I, I'm like, there's, there's only two things. She she could only be either distracted by her phone or distracted by her kids. Um, because you don't just not see someone a kilometer up the road and then slam up them at full, at full speed. And I was so, I was so mad as a mum. I know your mama bear hearts, I, you know, and everyone goes running over to help her, which I get, but I'm like, ah, my kid was doing the right thing here. And it's really scary. We have a responsibility to everyone on the road, including our including our family, but to everyone else. So I feel like managing our kids in the car, it's not an option. It's something that we, we have to do. But um, besides that, I promise you, it will absolutely save your sanity <laughs> and your car trips will be much more pleasant. So I hope that's helped. Try it out. Get the first time obedience thing right. And then know if there's, you know, behavior going on, hey, on your hands for five minutes or six minutes or whatever it is. Now, if you found a strategy that works too in the car, I'd love to hear about it. So let me know. Come and chat with me on social media. Anyway, I hope that one's helped. Um, no doubt we're going to have people all over Australia now with their kids sitting on their hands, but I promise you it's amazing and it's um, it's a good one to try. So have a wonderful week, guys, and I can't wait to be back with you on Wednesday. I'll see you then. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.